Let's go, girl. Just tell me that I can and I'll show you things that you couldn't believe. WTF, Women Talking Football, not to be confused with WFT. We are the women, a pair of producers for Dave Campbell's Texas Football and Dave Campbell's Texan Live here every Tuesday, Thursday. Lord have mercy. <laughs> My name WTF. is WTF. Again, don't confuse it with WFT. <laughs> My name is Ashley Pickle. I am the executive producer of those two entities we mentioned a second ago. This is just going great. On the other side over there laughing at me is uh, AP. My AP <laughs> to my AP. Associate producer Mallory Hartley. Hi. Hi. <laughs> you good? No, I am not. Same. Same. We are uh, we're about 24 hours from sending this beast of a magazine off to press, so we are... We don't, we're not thinking today, really. <laughs> and I don't even think, like, it's it's as much that as the fact that, like, I think it's this Grim Reaper thing that is just in the back of my mind that I am so excited to send this baby off to press. Don't get me wrong. And I know how much the rest of the staff is really excited about that. But we still have two more weeks of softball and baseball following oh, that. Right. And I think that that's the thing that it's like normally at this point on like this Thursday, it's like the most amped up I've ever been. Like summer is here, all that stuff. And you kind of look down at the calendar and you're like, okay, one checklist off. That's great. That's something done. And then it's still like regional baseball playoffs, you know? And it's like, oh, (laughs) we still have a long time. Yeah. Like, yay, we get to send it off to press. But then next week we still have to sit down and schedule out games. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you look at Monday and you think, oh, holiday. Usually I don't even open my laptop Memorial Day weekend because we're really lucky in the way the calendar falls to Mm -hmm. be able to ship the magazine off to press before then. But you look and it's like, I'll be on my computer Monday scheduling games. So, you know, we're just making it to the end of the year. But we're always excited to be here for WTF. And we got a treat for you today. We are talking about some hot hands, taking a look at Texas high school football receiving legends. We're going to go through the um, all-time season receiving yards and all-time game receiving yards so excited to take a dive there in this series where we're just taking a look at the record books of texas high school football here in the off season um then in the back half of the show we wanted to answer some more questions it's it's been a minute since we've done this so we were like hey let's do a little bit of mailbag mania before you know we start getting a little crazy with scheduling based off of very um, anticipated vacations and some other Mm -hmm. life stuff going on where we're just going to be missing a couple of shows. Um, But we've got quite a few questions in already. If you have any questions, go ahead and drop them in the comments. Yes, I will pull them off if I like them. If I don't like them. No, we're not going to tell you on the cover, so don't even ask. Yeah, no, but what we can tell you about that real fast, and that's the perfect way before we get into our hot hands section, is we will not be revealing who is on the cover of the 63rd annual Dave uh, summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, but we will be revealing who the cover subjects are for both the 
main cover and the gatefold cover on uh, June 5th on Texas Football Today. Monday, June 5th, noon. Wherever you're watching the show right now, we will be revealing the cover. We are one day. We are almost exactly 24 hours away from uh, from shipping this baby off to press. I think we're doing it around 3 o'clock is the goal for tomorrow yep. afternoon. And then scotch and ice cream to follow after that. Yeah, did you, uh, we're getting the Dr. Pepper float ice cream. That's right. A part of me wants to bring Dr. Pepper just to, like, make a root beer float, float. but with Dr. Pepper and Dr. Pepper ice cream. Yeah. But I don't know if I want just soda. <laughs> maybe some beer. <laughs> we'll do the we'll trick. We'll make a Dr. Pepper eh, beer float. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We'll see. I'm not feeling that risky. But, uh, yeah, cover reveal coming up June 5th, Monday, June 5th on Texas Football Today. So get excited for that. We sure are. All right, let's get into it. We've been diving through the record books here for Texas high school football, and today we're looking at the hot hands section, the receiving yards. We'll start off with the all-time season receiving yards records. So here it is. Single season receiving yards, Texas high school football receiving legends. We're going to start off with a guy who I actually had the honor of interviewing Following the game where he broke the record, he yeah, didn't that's realize. Really stinking cool. He didn't realize until I asked him that he had officially broken it. Oh, I think that's obviously cool. he had heard the rumblings like, "Oh, Marvin Mims is getting super close." Yeah, but he, when you're in a game like that, you're not you're not thinking about breaking any records. You're just thinking about I just got to do the best that I can do. Here. No, it's one of those things. Like if it's a touchdown. It's a lot easier to say like, oh, I just I need one touchdown or I need two touchdowns. If you have fifty three yards before you break, or even you know if mm-hmm. you have. 87 yards before you break it right like the only way that that's going to happen is if you return a kickoff and you go okay you're not going to sit there and go okay I just went 12 yards plus 15 and I did seven on the last you know Uh but in 2019 Frisco Lone Stars Marvin Mims set the single season receiving yards record with 2626 now um, having himself a really good time out there um, under Brett Venables at Oklahoma. He's now at, yeah, he was drafted by the Broncos. Oh, this okay, year. he mm-hmm. was drafted. Yeah, uh, right. Ish, Ish got to talk to him at Big 12 Media Day last year. Nice. So that was pretty cool. That was a Very cool interview. Nice. Yeah. Um, moving on down to our only record holder in the 90s, and this is why this was such a big deal when Marvin Mims did it in 2019, because just 21 years before then, that's when the all-time one was set out of Stephenville, Cody Cardwell in 1998 had a receiving yards of 2,427, so that's kind of why it was such a big deal when Marvin Mims did it, because Mm -hmm. it had been 21 years um, then coming in third at uh, Gorman was Judah Bell in 2016. He caught yards of 2,352. Moving on down to fourth, Crosby. It was Philip Beck in 2003, 2,202 yards. A lot of twos in that one mm-hmm. um, for Philip Beck out of Crosby. Then Navasota, it was Trindavian Dix. Dixon, Trindavian Dixon in 2014 caught 2,163 yards there. Then another one, which is just crazy that this happened again in 2019. Mm-hmm. Jackson Smith Najigba out of Rockwall had 2,161 receiving yards. And I'm going to be honest, Jackson Smith Najigba was the Gatorade player of the year in 2019. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was. 
he was the guy in mm-hmm. 2019. I mean, he was he had to be one of the best Texas high school football players we've seen in a long time. But yeah. especially in that year, we knew we were watching greatness when we were watching him play that season. That's actually the season that he had the six touchdown catches against Allen in the area around mm-hmm. to take them down. But we gave Mr. Texas football to Marvin, Marvin Mims. Mims. And I know that everyone was like, oh, it's Jackson Smith to Jigba. It's Jackson Smith and the Jigba. And it's like, hey, he was an unbelievable player. We recognize that. But and Marvin Mims was just a little bit more under the radar than he was. Mm-hmm. And it's like, guys, look at what this guy yeah. did. Look he at those numbers the right how there. You, how do you have someone set the record by over 200 yards right. himself in the next closest one? And all due respect to what Jackson Smith did, but that's 500 more receiving yards mm-hmm. than he had. It, it would have been wrong of us. And I remember Marvin Mims' dad telling us how thankful he was because he always felt like he was coming in second and he was getting mm-hmm. overlooked and all of that, too. So when we gave him Mr. Texas Football, they were like, you don't understand how much this means to him. Right. Well, um, and he was only a junior, too. Correct. At the time, the only junior to ever receive Mr. Texas Football. Is that right? No, he was a senior. I thought we – who was – I thought Marvin Mims was the – was the junior because Terry Bussey was the second junior that we had given it to. Uh, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, not Marvin Mims. Okay, yep. my bad. Um, close, though. Close. Yeah. <laughs> he had an unbelievable season in 2018, though, which is when we started to kind of look at him and going, hang on a second. Right, this right, right. Be, like, maybe, that's what I thought, maybe that's what I was thinking of, yeah. Yeah, that he year, had a yeah. really good one. But, no, he was he was a senior in uh, 2019. This was both him and Jackson Smith and the Jigba's that's senior, right, senior that's right. years, both getting drafted this year. Um, then names. moving down – from out of Robinson, it was Braxton Ashcraft in 2016 who had 2,090 receiving yards in what year did I just say? 2016. 16. Then to round out the top eight, it was Richmond Foster's Sidarian Lamb in 2016 who had 2,032 receiving yards. So another we talked about 2019 being so big with Jackson Smith and the Jigba and Marvin Mims honestly take a look at 2016 there you've got Judah Bell Braxton Ashcraft and Sidarian Lamb all in 2016 all in the top eight Mm -hmm. that's crazy that is crazy well and too you can look at these numbers and especially these years too and just it's just kind of proof to see how much the game has developed within the past you know couple of decades you oh, know yeah. because the air raid was was created by how mummy back in what the 80s 90s or something like that and then yeah you can really see the boom and the bust of how much you know the air raid offenses come into play and how how much more we throw the ball than we did back in the day so that's why all of these numbers are so all these years are so recent because mm-hmm. of that Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you've got kind of the two outliers there in 1998 and 2003, and those were just, I mean, unbelievable receivers with good quarterbacks to throw to them. But, yeah, no, you're exactly right when you look at the other, you know, what would that be, the other six of these, the Mm -hmm. lowest number of year that you're going to have is 2014, three in 2016, and then two in 2019. So, no, you're exactly right uh, to see kind of the – seeing the change in tides happening there. So now those were the single season receiving yards records. Let's take a look at single game receiving yards. So in one game sitting there at the very top, it was Laredo Alexander versus Eagle Pass win in 2013. Mark Lozoya Lozoya had 454 yards receiving that's insane. That's a lot. Because 
That poor quarterback. He's probably his arm's probably sore. Uh, that's what I was gonna say. That's what I was gonna say. Is is the crazy thing for me is that when you start talk, talking about receiving yards, you are talking about two different people having to be on the same page to get to that number. Yeah. When you're talking about rushing yards, rushing attempts. Yes, there's a transfer of of the ball likely from the quarterback over mm-hmm. to the uh, running back. Sometimes it's it's the direct snap. Sometimes it's wildcat. Right. Whatever you want to say. Sometimes that's yards after carry. But ultimately, when you start talking about this, there is some sort of legitimate throw. That right. The has quarterback to happen. is is as in play here. Yes, and I think everyone can agree that yes. When you when it comes to handoffs, they're a lot trickier than you would think that they Definitely. would be. There's be a lot of communications and stuff like that. But I think that everyone would agree just single-handedly having the ball in the air is more mm-hmm. of a risk than it is from one oh, hand to the other. Absolutely. Especially because if you drop a handoff, the likelihood of someone at least being able to fall on the ball is okay. You're talking about a person actually having to throw the ball and actually have to catch the ball to get to 454 yards. That's crazy. Yeah, especially if you're going up against a really good secondary. Like exactly. Really, right? Yeah. You know and so I just I just think that that's something to be marveled over is that it's not just one thing. It's it's multiple. Um, then, moving down in second place, it was uh, Zarek Oliver. He, he It was Houston Worthing versus Sweeney in 2013. He had 419 receiving yards in that one. A, ver- a lot more recent one was Cameron O'Bannon in 2020, Dripping Springs versus Seguin, had 412 receiving yards in a single game. Robbie Rhodes from Fort... It was Fort Worth Southwest versus Fort Worth Arlington Heights in 2011. He had 394 yards. Addison Bustos. It was Amarillo Caprock versus Lubbock Estacado in 2012. That was 392 yards. Down to Blake Jumanville. It was Richardson Pierce versus Carrollton Newman Smith in 2019. He had 386 yards in one game. Rounding out our final two here in seventh place, Blake Turner. Rockwall versus Rockwall Heath in 2010, 365 yards. And then our eighth spot is Randy Boone. Um, Chili Cloth versus Aspermont in 1984. 357 yards. So, I mean, that's just even crazy to look. I mean, there's only three guys that have ever in the history of Texas high school football had more than 400 yards receiving in in one game. I mean, that's an elite, an elite group to get into because even going down there to the eighth spot, that's almost exactly, it's 97 yards Mm -hmm. less. That's the length of a football field. That's a lot of, that's a lot of receiving yards. Right, right. This is a very elite list and, and all these guys should be super proud to even be on this list because that's a tough elite club to be a part of. No doubt. Um, just some other some other quick ones to go through. The most number of career receptions is uh, Jared Reagan at Booker from 2011 to 2014. He had 391 receptions. The single season. <laughs> that's crazy. Isn't it? <laughs> The single season receptions was Jared Bird out of Lake Travis in 2007. He had 153 receptions just in one year. Oh, wow. Um, Jared Rangan, who was the leader in career receptions in 2013, had 143. Um, so that was the peak of his time there. And then obviously resulting in almost 400 receptions in his career, which 
that's where the biggest gap is because the second of career receptions was Jake Oliver from Dallas Jesuit from 2009 to 2012, and he had 308. So Jared Reagan is leading that category by a A lot. lot. Over over 80 different receptions. Not yards, over 80 receptions. (laughs) That's nuts. That's a lot. So there you go. Taking a look at the hot hands of Texas high school football in our receiving leader category. So we are just continuing this. If uh, if there's any other numbers that y'all want us to dive on into, make sure to let us know. Um, but we're having a lot of fun seeing yeah, what like these, the record books look like. Well, and now it's cool because taking a look, proofreading the, the Texas high school football record pages for the magazine, mm-hmm. I was looking through them and I was like, yeah, I knew that. Yep. Because <laughs> we've already yep. done segments over them. It's kind of cool. You learn a lot and you take it all in. It's cool. Yeah. No, I uh, we were talking about that because there are, when you're editing the magazine, there obviously you could do college pages, you can do high school pages, mm-hmm. and all of them come with their own challenges. I mm-hmm. think when you're reading college pages, you're reading actual writing, if that makes sense. Yeah. In the essence of when you're looking at conference previews, I mean, those things are long, you know, two, two, three pages. When you're reading team previews, it's Mm -hmm. like legitimate interviews with the players, with the coaches, with this, with that. When you're reading high school, it's just those little blurbs. So there's actual writing in there, but it's very It's not a story where you have to edit the story, Mm -hmm. essentially. And then we also have to read the index and the record books. But it was fun this year. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah. Yep, yeah, yep. I know. Oh, we just talked about that. <laughs> Phil Danner? Oh, yeah, I knew, yeah, that. <laughs> I knew that. We are Women Talking Football. We're here every Thursday at 2 o'clock. You, we hope that you will subscribe to our podcast. You can get that on the podcast vendor of your choice, specifically Spotify, because we're big Spotify gals around we're here. Not. We're Apple Music. Apple podcast all the way. She's lying. So we hope that you will hit the subscribe button, hit the download button and uh, share with your friends. If you have any women that you think would enjoy hopping on the show with us, we would love to hear from them. We will have another guest next week, but before we get there, uh, let's hear from our friends at VCR now. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas loves doing business with fellow Texans. VCR now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business, and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. All right, Mel, it's time for Mailbag Mania, where we answer your questions. Whatever questions that you may have, it can be about anything. We have the right not to answer them. I'm going to make that very clear. Mm -hmm. But the questions themselves can be about anything. If you are watching live and you want to drop some questions in the comments, please do. We will go ahead and get there. But we did have some questions come in off of a, uh, a tweet 
that we made earlier. So uh, a, tweet. a tweet, tweet, <laughs> a little Twitter tweet. Um, so Mel, what do the people want to know? I'm trying to decide which one I want to do first. Because fundamentally, we are a podcast for uh, the people. Correct. Um, let's do. Let's power rank the following: brownies, cookies, ice cream, cake, and pie. And I, I'm curious to see what your power ranking is because you don't like sweets. Yeah, negative seven. To all? No. Because you I, like you like ice cream. I don't like ice cream. What? My dad was the bluebell man forever. We, so here, here's the ah, thing. Okay. Here's the actual. That's let me I mean. get this out there in the public. So people who watch TFT have heard Crazy. this before, but if you're new around here, you might not have known about what everyone thinks is like my weirdest quirk in the world. I have a lot of quirks, but this is the one that like people go... <gasps> about <laughs> um i don't like sweets and it's not it's not a diet thing it's not a oh i'm trying to stay fit i don't i've cut sweets out it's a uh, like i don't like them i just i don't i can i can barely handle a little like junior hershey bar square thing which is crazy because you love sweet tea not half and half tea you love sweet tea and dr pepper yes and you like like you know drinks. fruity fruity margaritas or something yeah like drinks liquids I'm fine to a certain extent with a lot of like more sweet stuff or I guess stuff that has a lot more sugar in it, but it's something about the eating it that just doesn't, I don't know. I don't enjoy it. Yeah. That being said, the reason being, and I'm convinced that this is the reason is my dad used to be a bluebell man. He was a delivery driver for Bluebell. Yeehaw. We are true Texans in you the really, Pickle family. You really if you ever are. wanted to question how Texan we are, my dad was percent. the damn Bluebell man, which <laughs> ruled as a kid, okay? Because I did. At that point, I really liked sweets. I enjoyed it. But when your dad's the Bluebell man, you have mm-hmm. to give honest recommendations about which ice cream flavors are the best. Anytime there's a new flavor, you're bringing it home because you want to try it because people ask you about it when you're in the store. Like I, I went to work with him a couple of times and people would get so excited to see us and they'd be like, oh, well, I heard the Dr. Pepper float ice cream just came out. Like how good really is it? Mm-hmm. So you eat ice cream all the time. Right. And it did turn into a health thing at first because my dad's doctor was like, Y'all got to chill on the ice cream. So we kind of, as a family, were like, oh, yeah, we should probably cut back on this a little bit. We were kind of getting a little little bigger, you know. Um, And after we just kind of quit eating it, then it got to be one of those things where I think I just had too much of it. It was just burnt out. You were burnt out. Yeah. So it's like we kind of not quit cold turkey, but almost kind of quit cold turkey, at least for a little bit until like situations changed Mm -hmm. with health reasoning. Um, And then I just never picked it back up. And so now I just can't do it. So back in the day, if I had to, that's a long winded answer of saying I did like sweets. So I can't answer this honestly from like what I used to like. Mm -hmm. Pie is number one. And the reason I say that is because every now and then I'll still enjoy pie because you can get pie with like fruit. Fruit in it. That's not mm-hmm. like s- chocolatey. Um, so pie is really versatile. Big pie fan. Um, we love versatility. <laughs> correct. <laughs> uh, brownies would be next because we always, my mom would always make us brownies for like summer out- outside, you know, you yeah. have a thing of brownies or like birthday parties or stuff. So brownies would be next. Uh, cookies come in third. My granny makes the best chocolate chip cookies in the entire world. Um, ice cream and then cake. I think cake is trash. I can't stand. I mm-hmm. no. Yeah. Two thumbs down to cake. I don't like cupcakes. I don't like regular cake. People are always like, what are you going to do for your wedding? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm not eating cake. Yeah. Like, I'll, I guess I get cake for everyone else. You I'm not get cake. Yeah. At your wedding. You just have to, you'll just have your guests eat it. I think 
I think we should switch roles and like I should get a bride's cake instead of a groom's cake. Like the get get a pie. Get a gr- uh get a bride's pie. Yeah. Like <laughs> the wedding cake can be for my future husband and then I'll have like a fruit salad as my bride cake. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Lame. Like a, a like a like an edible arrangement though. That those are and you can you can make those pretty too. Yeah. You that's can, what I'm saying. You can dress that up a little and bit. And people that would be different. People would like I feel right. like people would that's like true. that. I don't know. Anyway, there's my power rankings. Pie, brownie, cookies, ice cream, cake. Cake is trash. Yeah, agreed. I even when I like sweets, I didn't like cake. Yeah. Because I don't like frosting. Frosting's trash. Yes. I agree with that sometimes. Frosting cannot Frosting is really high ceiling, really low floor. Yes, correct. It can be good and it can be really bad. Bad. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm gonna start from like reverse order. So okay. I'm putting like you, I'm putting cake on the bottom. Cake is trash. We're out on I cake. just now ice cream cake I can deal with. I consider that I like, ice cream. No, well, here's why I don't consider it ice cream, because you put you can put really good uh what's that frosting they put on ice cream cake? It's it's a specific kind of frosting. It's not Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's not the typical normal frosting you'd put on cake, but I'm putting cake last because I just don't like cake. I don't really ever eat it. When we get it for family functions, I yeah. just don't eat it. I'm out on cake. Yeah, out on cake. Don't like that. Mm, next up, I'd probably put ice cream just because I've never really been that big. I'll eat it if it's pres- presented to me, mm-hmm. but I'm just not. You're not that gonna seek big it out. It. I'm not gonna seek it out for yeah. a dessert. And and I do love sweets. Like I am the epitome of you in the sense that I love sweets. I've got a yeah. sweet tooth. I have to try really hard not to have dessert after every, every single, single dinner <laughs> that I eat. So I do love sweets. Um, third place, I think I'm going to go probably cookies because I like cookies and stuff. Mm-hmm. But also, then again, like at a restaurant, I'm not going to seek out a cookie. Or if I'm, you know, at a bake shop, I'm not going to seek out cookie. Yeah. A cookie. That's more like, yeah, you walk in and there's a cookie sitting there exactly. and you're going to grab it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, in second place, this is tough. I think I'm going to go with brownies because I, I do love chocolate. I really, mm-hmm. really love chocolate. So I think that's why I'm putting that in second. And I just, I love fudge too. So if you're making fudge brownies, <laughs> I'm going for that. Hello, me some fudge. Yes. And then number one, I'm going pie. We had the exact same rankings. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. Did we really? Yes. Oh, Exact same. Well, see here. Well, I I couldn't just. I actually it's made the brownies. I can tell that you were still considering your ranking, like I while was. I was talking, and I'm like, you kept that's, going. Wait, when you put hilarious. brownies, I was like, I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut till she actually says pie. Literally, pie, brownies, cookies, ice cream, cake. I was so exact I, same. So brown. The top three could be interchangeable because I love cookies. I really do, and brownies and pie. You know, <laughs> that's the thing though. Like, okay, here here's how I could make a difference. If, uh, if, if I think all brownies are good, there are some pies I don't like. We like do if you not make peach cobbler against brownies. If, you, <laughs> if you're making peach cobbler, cobbler, I don't, that's considered pie, isn't it? I, uh, or no. a peach pie or, you know, like yeah. not a fan of that. Yeah. Uh, cobbler's different really than good. pie. Cobbler is yeah. definitely different than pie. But if you were to put like number one on, if you consider cobbler like a sweet thing, cobbler's absolutely number one on my list. I do like yeah. cobbler. And again, I think it's because it's not really considered sweet. like a sweet. Like that's more, 
I love I love pie crust too. That's that's yeah. part of the reason why I think pie takes the number one because yep. it takes the cake. <laughs> uh, because it <laughs> except we don't like cake. <laughs> we don't like cake. Uh, but I just love pie crust. I think it's so stinking oh, yeah. good. So yeah, that's my rankings. Sorry, we had the same. I didn't realize it. <laughs> I could tell like how seriously you were like so, but going here's, through that in your brain. I'm like, she has no idea that we just said the exact same thing. Here's the difference though. I like pretty much all that stuff. You yeah. don't like really any of it. No. So no, no, I no. was ranking it in terms of like, oh man, I like it all. And you're just like, I don't. I'm like, if I, I got to pick a number one, it'd be pie. And I'd yeah. be like, I think I'm going to go pie. Cobbler like though, man. Cobbler. So here's the thing. Here's what I think makes cobbler a dessert is when you put a scoop of ice cream on it. Yeah. Good point. I think that's what makes cobbler. So oh, that's cobbler. why I think I like cobbler is because I can leave off the sweetest part of the cobbler. Correct. It's disposable. Yeah, that's good. ice cream is disposable. That's a good on point. cobbler. Cake is trash. If you take anything out of this, it's that cake is trash. It's that cake is trash. Correct. Well, glad we agree. I'm glad we agree. Let's go with. Uh, where in Texas would you want to see the Amazing Race head to? I don't really watch the Amazing uh, yeah, Race. Yeah, I'm not. So I'm not super. What is fluent in that? Well, it, it's like a, it's like an obstacle course, oh, I believe. Okay. It's kind of out in the wild, I guess you could say. Is is that correct? I, hmm. I I've wa- I don't think I've ever fully seen a whole show on it, but I think that's what it is. It's it's some I kind of like what is what obstacle, amazing race. What is the amazing? Ra- I I know so what of makes it, but I, I wonder don't what know. makes a good course then if they're if they're gonna choose Here that. We go. Um, you want to read the definition? According to <laughs> the Internet. Set in Stone Dictionary site Wikipedia, The Amazing <laughs> Race is an adventure reality game show franchise in which teams of two people race around the world in competition with other teams. So an obstacle course, basically. The race is split into legs with teams tasked to debut... Or deduce clues, navigate themselves into foreign areas, interact with locals, perform physical and mental challenges, blah, 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 blah. Okay. They that, travel yeah, by airplanes, helicopters, trucks, bicycles, taxi cabs, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Oh, so you're eliminated being the last to arrive. Mm, if I had to choose anywhere in the state of Texas for that to be, I would think that there would be there would be two options for me. If you're talking about city-based, I would go Houston. And mm-hmm. the reason that I would go Houston is because they do have some sort of public transportation where these people could get around. But Houston is so big. I mean, like, sprawled out big. Like, if they had to get from Katy over to Umble or That's down to the Third Ward or, you know, any of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, down by Rice, over to the Galleria, like, they're – that's the – that's the biggest city in a geographic circumference that I think would make that incredibly interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to take more of like a nature attempt to it, I would think somewhere out in West Texas would be really cool. I was thinking like maybe El Paso because you get like the cool mountainness yeah. of El Paso, but then you also get the big city vibe too. So I, I think El Paso would be the perfect place to as a host city yeah. for the Amazing Race. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Not wrong. As you do get the mountains. You do. Yeah. You get pretty much a little bit that of would everything. Be cool. That would be yeah. cool. I just, I feel like you can't go, like, there's just, no, after you get out of the actual city of El Paso, it's like there's kind of nothing. So if that's what you're looking for, then yeah, because I guess you would get the, you would get the mix of city and also barren land, you know, like right. nature, plains, mountains. So yeah, El Paso. That's a good one. 
Um, I didn't really prepare for this one, but what are the best bets for G5 Power 5 upsets involving Texas teams this season? I'm thinking maybe uh, maybe this is just my uh, my mean green showing, but I could see North Texas upsetting Cal. It's not a bad one. Not a bad one. That's not a bad one. I we got them at home yeah. this year, too. I yep. mean, it's a completely – I mean, I don't really know what the offense or defense is going to look like under yeah. Morris, Morris, but I could, I could see it happening. Yeah. You know? No, I can agree with that. Um, I looked back at the – we had a graphic not too long ago that had all of the actual, like, Texas school versus Texas school matches. Oh, nice. Um, and there's three on there – one I'm pretty confident Ooh. in, one and not as much. Oh, I, I just thought of one that I'm very confident in that I just now thought of. Okay. Uh, UTSA over Houston. Houston, yep. Abs, abso-freaking-lutely. Yep. I'm, I'm picking the Roadrunners. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, that was the first one on my list. Yes. That was yes. the first one on my list was UTSA versus Houston, which still is funny because it's like, I mean, obviously I, I think that you would still consider the American a G5 school and the big 12 a power five school oh, but that's also starting to get a little dicey between the level of definitely. competition there um but yeah utsa versus houston was my yes. was my first one on my list um smu at tcu sure definitely hear me out man the battle of the iron skillet like i mean i feel like both of those teams have been not last year but they've kind of been on the same level for a lot even though one is technically g5 and one's technically power five mm -hmm. but I have that's September 23rd so both of these teams will have a little bit of something figured out by then but I just don't know SMU has done an unbelievable job of the transfer portal and oh, recruiting, yeah. recruiting so far been, uh, in, the wall. insane right now like they're bringing in some really really good contenders and I think TCU on the other side of that has a lot of holes to figure out I absolutely think they're going to be a good team don't get me wrong I don't think that they're going to go to the national championship game and then go five and seven but they've got a lot of holes to figure out before they play an SMU team that if they're gelling already by September 23rd I think it's just with those two I think they're pretty evenly matched almost and yeah. it's going to be who has it more collectively together in week three of the season right well and I think too they're a lot on the same level in the aspect of these teams are just going to look completely different because mm -hmm. like you said SMU is bringing in I don't know how many it is up to now but like 20 million transfers mm -hmm. a ton from Miami um, and then TCU lost a lot to just the NFL draft itself. And so I think both of these teams are just going to look so different in terms of players and who's going to fill those spots mm -hmm. um, into next year. But I think I completely agree with you, especially how the quarterback matchup is going to be great, too, yes. with Preston Stone at SMU and Chandler Morris at TCU. They're both really young quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And Chandler Morris, if you remember from last year, he was named the starting quarterback for mm -hmm. TCU last year. And he got, got hurt in the Colorado yeah. game, and that's when Max Duggan came in. So I, re I really think it's going to be a super exciting matchup, but I could see if SMU's gelling with all their new players, because the thing is, too, I think TCU did bring in a lot of a couple of new players, a lot of key players like Jojo Earl from mm -hmm. Alabama and Tommy Brockermeyer. But I think that... Both Texas kids. <laughs> both Texas kids, that's why I named them. Um, but I also think that SMU brought in a lot of guys that have, have experience at this level, mm -hmm. too. And I, I think that they have... They have a better chance of gelling together in week three, I yes. believe. Week three than maybe uh, yes, TCU 23rd. does. I think that's week three. Yeah. Because, yeah, maybe I, four. 
Yeah. Well, it, and I think it'll also it'll be at TCU this year because it was I went to the game last year. It was yeah. at SMU. Yeah, but it's at TCU. Yeah, I think yeah. I love I love the Chandler Morris versus Preston Stone because that's that's yes. two they're two very very good quarterbacks. Both can sling it, both mm-hmm. can run. But I think Preston Stone's more of a more of a sit back and drop a dime type of quarterback. Yeah. And Chandler is at his best when he's scrambling like a chicken with his head cut off. Right. I mean, that's that's what he just excels in. So right. well, I'll that, be very SMU loves to the see that. SMU loves the big explosive plays. Too. Oh yeah. So they could they could chop TCU's secondary up if, oh, they, yeah. if they get gelling on that front. Well, and like I said, they both though both of those quarterbacks are capable of Definitely. dropping dimes and both of them are capable of running, but I would say that it leans more 60-40 for both of yeah. them. Um, and then the last one here, and this is this is kind of vibes based because I think SMU has something that they're gonna want to go into Fort Worth and try and take down a team that in a rivalry game that just played for a national championship, another kind of vibes based that going off of that, like one team I feel like has a lot to play for and the other team is just kind of like, okay, we're going to go play this game and we're going to try and get a win. Uh huh. Texas state at Baylor, September 2nd. <laughs> nah, no chance. Just Texas kidding. State <laughs> at Baylor. Schmail. <laughs> September 2nd. Well, they, they didn't eat them up, but at least they chewed them up a, a little, little bit. bit. <laughs> so, Last year, we were at that game. We were. And Texas State had an unbelievable first half. And then they really let it go in the second half. Mm-hmm. Which is about all you can ask for when you're facing off against a Power 5 school. I have this just weird, bubbly, giggly feeling in my gut. And obviously, that's like the most scientific proof that anyone could ever have. Is that bubbly, giggly uh-huh. feeling. Correct. Um, that I just... G.J. Kinney is going to come out with that Texas State squad and is just going to go balls to the wall. Like, that's what I, I, I genuinely so feel like that. And it's just one of those things. You've got a brand new head coach. You have an athletic director and a president of the university that has really, really started mm-hmm. investing into this program. The hype around Texas State right now is great. And that is your first you, – you have a clean slate. You know, you've got nothing but uh-huh. hype. And it's like Baylor. I just I have a lot of questions about. I think Baylor's the better football team by a lot. Yeah, but I agree. I just I don't know if there was a time for Texas State to turn the football world upside down for a second. It's going to be that game right. against Baylor because if GJ Kinney wants to just I mean rally all of San Marcos, all he needs to do is find a way to squeak out a win in Week One against Baylor. That's right. all you got to do. And I just I'm mean, crazier stuff has has happened. Right. I agree. Well, and you're getting you're getting Baylor and Dave Aranda at a time where they really we don't know what's going on with they, Baylor. They don't have much figured out that we don't have much like figured trash. out. The, the, the only really for sure position I think that they've got going is probably quarterback. With, yeah. They just recently named Blake Shapin as the starting quarterback. But I just think that they I think they're going through an identity crisis. I, I just do don't think they have everything figured out. And then when you look on the other side with Texas State, you've got G.J. Kinney, and he's got his quarterback, and probably T.J. Finley, who's a, mm-hmm. the Auburn quarterback transfer. Look what G.J. Kinney did at Incarnate Word when he had his guy, Cameron Ward, at quarterback. Mm-hmm. They were an electric duo there. And I could kind of see that replicating here with Texas State, him being obviously the head coach there, and then him having his quarterback and T.J. Finley. I could – kind of see that I'm same you, thing you happening. Know, you know what vibe I get from this game? I get a lot from that game. And I'm not saying that they're going to win. I'm just saying in my third one of like a just keep your eye out on it. Just uh-huh. just flip over to the channel around halftime and see how it's going. 
uh, this game gives me the same type of vibe as the Texas Tech Texas game happened last year. Sure. Texas Tech beat Texas because Joey McGuire, crazy psycho Joey McGuire, went for like 19 fourth downs mm-hmm. and got like 10 of them. He's I think got a I Joey legit- McGuire vibe to him. DJ Kenny does. That's what I'm saying. Like, I just feel like it, you, the one thing. Texas State has always just seemed like they played scared. Like, they never took chances. They never yeah. really did anything. Like, they haven't had – they've had a good defense from time to time, but they've never yes. had the explosive offense. G.J. Kinney was hired to have that explosive offense, and I just feel like he's going to go out there and say, nope, I trust in you guys. Let her freaking rip. I think so, too. And if there's any weakness right now in Baylor, it's that defense. I just – I'm just saying, watch out for it. I will roll this tape back if that ends up happening. I don't think it will, but you never know. You just asked. You like, tr- you <laughs> trust in GJ Kinney. <laughs> All right, let's see. You want to do one more, two more? Yeah. Favorite summertime activity? Oh, man. Water. The lake. Anything water. <laughs> oh, just the lake. I don't care. The lake, I'll the care pool, what type of water. The spa. Fresh water. <laughs> Any oceans. Salt water. In, chlorine any water. water. <laughs> chlorine. Any type of water. I heart the water. <laughs> I just love the lake. I, I just, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm going to be sp- literally spending this entire weekend out at the lake, and mm-hmm. I just, I'm just so excited to just bake in the sun yes. and not have to worry about reading pages. Because <laughs> I went out to the lake uh, last week and read pages all. Yeah, I, I, week, I so sat at the pool and read yes, pages. Yes, so I'm excited to do that w- without the, 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 pages the pages part. part. <laughs> so, <laughs> pumped. That's um, my favorite summertime activity. <laughs> yeah, I think if you want to talk about a summertime activity that just brings me nothing but joy and nostalgia, it's being out at some kind of body of water, whether that be a lake, a pool, on a boat, anything like that, or at the beach, and eating a slice of watermelon. That's yeah. I'm telling you, there's that. Anytime we would get done swimming and we were little, my mom would always have watermelon cut up for us, and that is like peak summer for me. It is. It really is. I, I love- always Memorial Day weekend. I always have some watermelon, like a, a legitimate, not like oh, cut up and I'm gonna eat it with a fork. I want the full rind, and I want to just go off on the watermelon. Yeah, which means, um, speaking of water, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, her- melon form. I- well, that that <laughs> was me, not where I was going with that. Let but me fresh, fresh water, salt water, cl- cl- Go, chlorinated okay. water, going off melon of water. <laughs> Correct. Going off of the chlorine front, though, uh, Hurricane Harbor. I really, 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 really want to go to Hurricane Harbor this year. And we can have watermelon at Hurricane Harbor, but I really want to go to Hurricane Slide Harbor. Slide-formed water. <laughs> <laughs> lazy Nasty river for kid filled water <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kid water where there's just kiddo <laughs> pee in it you know like yeah you don't you just don't think about that you just go on the water slides and enjoy it like uh, no but i do want to do that <laughs> Millen formed water. <laughs> hey that was funny that was really good oh, that was man. good all right we want to do one more yeah <laughs> Let's end it with a good one. This is more of a serious one. <laughs> I don't. It doesn't get more serious than watermelon in the summer, my friend. I guess you're right. Who or what was your reason for getting into sports media? Oh man, yeah, that's a good ender. I figured that is a good ender. Um, for me, I mean, it was my dad. Yeah, same. <laughs> my dad. That was that was like a real, real 
an unbelievable form of bonding for us Mm -hmm. and and maybe that's where kind of like the journalistic side came into me I feel like I was always really curious I was always very questionative of it Mm -hmm. and uh (laughs) my my mom and them there's video somewhere of me in a car seat when Ricky Williams was playing for the Longhorns and I was going icky run icky run um and so ever since then they were like oh yeah she'd we should have seen it coming a lot earlier um my mom put me in cheerleading for uh like when I was four or five and she said I left and I was crying because I wanted to go Mm -hmm. play basketball like the boys um she's like that was another sign that we should have known but really it was uh in seventh grade I won I was supposed to be an alternate on the UIL impromptu speaking team the girl that was ahead of me ended up getting sick the day before and they were like all right we got the district meet coming up tomorrow pickle we need you to step in and it was like okay I ended up winning district in seventh grade when I was supposed nice. to be an alternate for impromptu speaking and so that's when I started to realize I was like all right I, I think I'm good at this I, I like this talking thing and then I then it kind of like kind of I remember when the light bulb really clicked and I was watching football or basketball or something and I I saw the sideline in their porter and I was like someone is paying her yeah to talk about basketball. I think it was basketball. I was like, I love basketball. What in the world? And then from then, it was just kind of turned into this competitive thing of the boys wouldn't let me fill out brackets with them for March Madness. And I was like, Ugh, no, man. I can do this. So I started Dudes just suck. studying, you know, like asking my, correct. Uh, <laughs> dudes, dudes do suck. suck, man. Dudes suck. At Matt Stepp. At Yeah, specifically at Matt Tepper, Stepp. At Tepper. At Ishmael Johnson. Johnson. Dudes suck. <laughs> Um, 2023 get the hashtag going (laughs) someone turned that viral um but anyway I just started yeah my dad and I we just found a real source of bonding over it we just really started talking and that's when it was like hey I feel like I'm okay at this talking thing and I love sports why don't I give it a go and my dad like he always wanted to be a broadcaster I think and so it was like it was cool to talk with him about it yeah yeah it's definitely my my dad and just my natural love for sports that yeah we trick people into paying us to talk about football for a living. We're getting, we figured out this life We're thing. getting paid to do this right now. Yeah, we debated over we're, we cake and brownies for 30 minutes and watermelon. Like, Hashtag sports. We're getting paid for this. Women in sports media. <laughs> Who would not want to do this? Correct. <laughs> Women belong in sports. Correct. Darn it. <laughs> um, for me, yeah, it's kind of the same. My dad really got me thinking about wanting to do this for a living. We were, I don't remember which game it was, but when I was back in probably junior high, my dad and I were on the couch watching a Michigan State football game, and I don't remember who the sideline reporter was. But it might have been Molly McGrath or something, and mm-hmm. I saw her come on, and she was, you know, reporting on the game and whatnot. And I was like, dang, that would be really stinking cool. Like, that's a female down there, like, mm-hmm. just talking about – and at the time, I was like, man, I want to do that for the, for Michigan State only. Yeah. Obviously, now can't do that. But <laughs> uh, I was like, man, that would be really cool to just go down there and get paid to actually – just talk about the game, talk to players and mm-hmm. coaches and, and get paid for that. So I think that's when the the, the light switch for me really came on yeah. was when my dad was like, hey, you, like, you could do that for a living. Yeah. You know, like you can go to school for that and get a degree and actually get paid for that, which is really cool. Right. I always and I think you'll agree with this, too. I always think about the Greece quote, the quote from Greece that uh, they they get on to do the, the morning announcements and she goes ding, ding, ding. And it was, uh, they were making an announcement about going to the Rydell High varsity football game that night. And she goes, even if you can't be an athlete, you can be an athletic supporter. There if you can't be go. an athlete, at least be an athletic supporter. That's Correct. what it was. And so I think when I started to realize like, hey, I don't have a 
I don't have a chance to go play basketball at like a pro level. It's yeah. just not going to happen. Right. Um, that's when I was like, well, shoot, man, if I can stay in the world of sports in some capacity, I'm going to do it. And I think that that's what 95% of sports mm-hmm. writers, sports reporters, sports, any of that. It was like, yeah, we're not good enough to go play at the pro level. So you know what? We're going to talk about the people that are. Yeah. Yeah. I was a, I was a cheerleader in high school, as you know, and mm-hmm. gosh, one of my, I, I loved being a cheerleader. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, half the reason I did it was because I just loved being on the sidelines mm-hmm. and watching the game from the sidelines. And, you know, I'd have to try and maneuver my way around so I could see above heads <laughs> yeah. and stuff because I'm not very tall. But that was one of my favorite parts about being a cheerleader was actually being down there and feeling like you're a part of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, you can hear the coaches' calls and stuff, the kids talking, you know, one-on-one with each other. And uh, I think that's also what made me want to actually just do this and be down there mm-hmm. for a living. Um, also, you know this too, but there's a video of me when I was like three months old. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've said this story on the show before. We need to bring up the video at some point. I'm, I'm going to post it again for Father's Day, oh, I nice. think. Um, but there's a video of, I was three months old at the time, and I my birthday's in December. So this was in March, probably towards the end of March. And my dad is holding me, and he's talking to me. My mom's got the little camcorder on me, <laughs> and my dad's talking, and he's like, I'm, you know, googling, gagaing, whatever yeah. at this point, and he's like, "Yeah, I filled out your bracket, and I can't believe you took Michigan State all the way." <laughs> and I'm just laughing and stuff. And I, now I look back and I'm like, "That's funny," because I still do that. I still I make that mistake every, every single, single year. year. <laughs> but it's so cute because I'm like, man, like who who would have thought? Yeah. You know, way back then, my dad's talking to me about that and stuff, and and here I am, a, just a, another crazy Michigan State slash sports fan like yeah. he is so yeah, yeah it, I think it, it was, was destined yeah I think it was <laughs> from the competition that I think it was the competition for both of us too that it was like Definitely. once we once we really started to retain it like when I, I would ask my dad questions like he would get so mad about a fourth down and it's like okay well what's a fourth down right and then exactly. he would explain it the and curiosity then so, yeah the curiosity of it and then when I really started to get it and I could take what he said and see it on the screen and know it before like oh that's a holding and then you would see the yellow flag there's no better feeling than that right um and so then when yeah the boys in junior high or high school are like oh you don't know about it you don't know about it and it's like yes I do and you could tell them like that competitive fire has always been there for me and I think that if you if you are I, I was an athlete forever growing up I like I said I couldn't go do it professionally so it was like that gives me that competitive like fire that I felt walking out onto the basketball court right going to a golf tournament going to play tennis going to do all of that you know stepping out on the volleyball court it's like that has always fueled me and so that's what that's that's definitely the reason behind it I think I'm just a competitive adrenaline junkie correct me too I'm the same way we, we are built in the same in that aspect correct. <laughs> including our uh, power rankings of dessert so there you go it is yeah, women yeah. talking football talking desserts talking just about everything <laughs> under the sun try to get a good variety in there no kidding what a way to go out on episode 40 we appreciate you all hopping on any of you that watch live um, make sure to go download the podcast we really appreciate that but we will be back next next week we will be back next week check out our social media because we might be sliding into the tft spot spot we might be hanging off on that and keeping it at two but at ashley underscore pickle 12 on twitter or at mallory hartley we'll make sure to keep y'all updated but Mm -hmm. we will be going live sometime next thursday we just are not sure with some moving parts what time it'll be but regardless we will see you next thursday later (laughs) 